1: Josh Gabalich has been good enough to join me. AFL.com.au reporter who's been at the Hawthorne camp in Moor. Josh, thanks for stepping out of the meeting and sessions you've been in
0: uh, and joining me. I appreciate it. Pleasure, Dwayne. Great to be with you. What's it like to be on the inside? It's great. They've given me plenty of good access. I cover Hawthorne day to day. So it's good to see Sam Mitchell and Rob McCartney and this young group. I mean, it's amazing how young they are since... I lost Ben McAvoy, Jack Gunson, Tom Mitchell, Jay Graham, Mira, Liam Shields, five, you know, really experienced players. It's amazing how young this group is and when you think about the leadership process they're going through at the moment, it's really noticeable so who who are the up and coming leaders and, and what they've lost in the last six months.
1: Got a text here going to look silly from Hawthorne of Sicily isn't captain, he's the face on the membership ticket. Steve from Harvey Bay. There is a lot of suggestion that Sicily will get the nod. Sorry about that, Josh. We've had a few uh, gremlins in the works today, but uh, I appreciate you sticking around during all of that. So who are the the other guys that will be in the leadership group then? Are they going to bring some of these young guys through?
0: Well, Dwayne, I agree with the text. I mean, I think everyone would be shocked if it wasn't James Sisley and we think about what he did last year coming off 18 months out of the game. I think his return was remarkable to win a Peter Crimmins medal for the first time and just miss out on All-Australian selection. I think he's the clear stand out but what they've found in the last 12 months is they do have a handful of other options in terms of younger leaders coming through with dylan moore and mitch lewis they're both really highly rated internally they really see those two as potential captains down the track they may be as soon as the next couple of weeks i don't think so but they've got two there that are that are really strong blake hardwick is another one i just sat in a meeting then and the, the the praise for Blake Hardwick is enormous internally. So he's another one. Luke Bruce, you can't completely rule out because if we think about the past three captains they've had in Ben McAvoy, Ben Stratton and Jared Ruffhead, they've all done it for two years. And and, and Luke Bruce has two years to run on his contract right now. So you can't completely rule him out. But I'd be shocked if it wasn't James Sisley.
1: And what have you learned game style-wise over the last you know little while whilst you've been inside? Have they been talking about ball movement style?
0: haven't seen those sort of meetings. It's been more of a conditioning block at this camp. And and obviously leadership is a a big focus right now heading into the practice matches. So haven't seen any of the game style just yet, Twain.
1: Have you been watching the structure of training? I'm believing that uh, the people that tell me that there's been less emphasis on run, run, run uh, and athleticism and, you know, getting your fitness up and body contact and more emphasis on getting the kicking skills right and goal kicking as
0: well? That's definitely been a, a focus I've seen. They, they spend the first part of the pre-season at Waverley Park. They've obviously been at La Trove and Monash Uni across January because Waverley Park's unavailable. But that has been a focus with such a young group. I mean, it's a, it's a really different-looking group. Most of their li- A third of their list is first and second players. So they've got a new high-performance boss in Peter Burge who's come across from Richmond. come back to to Hawthorne and so there's only so much they can do with that group of of players but skill acquisition has been a big part of it goal kicking has been a big part of it but in terms of structure I mean it's going to be a real watch on on Mitch Lewis and his availability heading into round one and if if Mitch Lewis misses the first month of the season which is, is the sort of guide at this stage it could mean we see two ruckman come in i don't think they want to play two ruckman heading into round one but they're, they're probably going to have to with, with lloyd meek and ned reeves and max lynch all going head to head across the early stage of the summer so that's going to be a watch it how they replace mitch lewis Twain, is, is going to be fascinating because he's going to be a really big loss if they lose him for three four or more games to start the year because he's I think one of their most important players. And the, the loss of Jack Gunston during the trade period is going to become really apparent early when they've really just got Jacob Kaczynski in attack, potentially Emerson Jekka. Fergus Green is someone that's had a really good pre-season. He could come in straight out of the VFL and, and have an impact. So they're the ones to keep an eye on structurally. Will it force them to rest one Ruckman forward?
1: Will they rest Reeves or Meek forward when they're up rucking?
0: I think that's the plan. We'll get a good sense of that across these two practice matches. They've, they've got one in February against Geelong down at the Cattery, and then they got Collingwood in Launceston. So Sam is, is toying with that in, in some match simulation at the moment. So it's difficult with those three. There's not a real, real standout. I mean, they've brought Lloyd Meek across from Fremantle, and they beat a lot of other clubs to get his signature for a reason. I can see him playing round one and playing a lot of football, but you can't count out Ned Reeves. He, he showed so much promise last year, and Max Lynch just didn't have a good run with his body, and he's got his body right now. So there's so much competition in that ruck space. I think it's the most up-for-grab spot in terms of ruck across the competition from club to club. So that'll be one to keep an eye on across those practice matches.
1: And you were in the Inner Sanctum at the Bordos for a little while, I understand?
0: Yeah, I spent the first two days of the week down in the morning in peninsula Twain. they were based in Portsea, and they did their main sessions out at the Rye Football Club. So I saw a a fair bit, and the, the big positive out of the dogs this week is the return of, of Bailey Smith. He hadn't trained with the main group since December, came back after the break with just some some ongoing soreness, which was just starting to become a little bit of a concern, but they let him off the leash for the first time on Monday, and, and he looked really good. So that, that's a big positive right now. The real concern with the dogs is, is Adam Trelaw from a fitness perspective. He just can't quite get back to 100% after ankle surgery in September. So he's just taking a little bit longer, and he's definitely in a little bit of doubt now for round one. So one to keep an eye on at the Dogs.
1: So Sam Darcy plays in defence. There's no chance they'll use him as a forward?
0: I think we might see him as a forward throughout the year, but he's trained as a defender across the summer. He had a little issue pre-Christmas with his knee, but his January block was really impressive. They really like him down back, and he settled in really well. I mean, Liam Jones looks like a lock, and Ryan Gardner became a permanent player in, in Luke Beveridge's team last year. But we've also seen Josh Bruce trialling as a defender across the summer. I'm not too sure if you listened to him speak mm. to the media on Tuesday, but, but he was really impressive and open about the challenges he's faced and the fight he's got in his hands to be in that 22. But Sam Darcy, he's so exciting. I mean, if, I think most people would have him as a, a leading contender for the rising star. And on the back of his match in form, he's, he's definitely in that conversation heading into round one. So Jamari Ugel, Hagen
1: is going to be playing deep forward or how how much will they let him loose up the field a bit?
0: Well, the inclusion of Rory Lobb, I think, is going to have a really big benefit to not only Jamara, but also Aaron Norton. They've paired that three together across the summer. They've sort of settled on them as a, as a starting point, I think, to start the year. Obviously, Jamara played the 17 games last year. It was a significant jump on his debut season. We think back to the the five games he played, and he sort of struggled with the pressure of the number one tag and, and stepping up into the AFL, but he looks like someone who's, who's really benefited from a, a full summer, and I sat down with him on, on Tuesday for a piece next week, and really open about Rory Lobb and the impact he's had, not just on himself, but on, on Norton, and, and what he brings to the group, so I think we'll see Jamara as that sort of mobile t- third that that will get a get a good matchup. You'd imagine if Rory Lobb and Aaron Norton stay on the park, Jamara yugo hagan will get a a, a, tricky, a, a decent matchup each week and he's definitely improved his conditioning across the summer Had a massive, massive pre-season. They're thrilled with how much work he's put in and, and how he's come back attitude-wise. So I, I think he's really set himself up. Heading into these practice matches, if he can get through this next month, he's set himself up for a good season. And what about their
1: game-style alterations? Do you think they'll man the mark a bit more or are they going to stand off the mark? The AFL's kind of tinkered with that stand rule again, so you've got to make your decision early, either you're going to be on the mark and you have to stay there, you can't change your mind after standing on the mark,
0: or oh, going to run out of the area? Well, it was good to see that rule change announced sooner rather than later, because in previous years, we've seen them come in very late in the pre-season, so we haven't had a good chance to see how clubs are going to adapt, and I think we'll get a really good look at that across this next month, and heading into those practice matches, exactly how clubs sort of look to that rule because, as we know, coaches are always looking for, for ways to uh, take advantage of those rule changes. But I think a, a talking point at the Dogs is how they replace Josh Dunkley, Dwayne. I mean, this is going to be something that they have to toy with across this next six weeks because he's, he leaves a bit of a hole. I mean, we've, we've spoken about the Dogs for years in terms of the the stack of star midfielders they've got, but with Dunkley coming out, with Lockie Hunter also coming out, mm. the, the midfield's not quite as, as deep as what it once was and They've looked at a few options across January and across December in terms of how they fill that hole. And, and Cody Waitman's one that they've spent a bit of time with in the midfield. I think he'll pinch hit across across this year. Caleb Daniel is another one, obviously, an All-Australian defender. I think we might see him come into the midfield a little bit more if we can go from what's happening match him. So just a couple of little things there to keep our eye on. And they'll stick with the one-ruck system, will they? Not go for the two-ruck? I think so. With Rory Lobb, coming in. They've got a great backup option when Tim English comes off the ground. and He has a slight adductor issue at the moment, but I'm told that he'll be back in the main group next week. and He's had a massive pre-season. Brendan Lade's come across and worked closely with him. and Tim actually grew up as a Port Adelaide supporter, and Brendan Laid was his favourite player. So They're loving that partnership at the Witten Oval at the moment. They've been thrilled with his summer. This is only a little minor setback with his with his groin, but he's going really well. And he looms as one of those ruckmen that could really step up and put himself in the Australian discussion this year, I think.
1: Turn to Josh Gabalich, AFL.com.au reporter. Uh, anything else floating around in the world of AFL, Josh, that we should know about?
0: I've been embedded in these two clubs, Dwayne, so I've sort of had the blinkers on a little bit this week. But I'm looking forward to a few more leadership announcements in the coming weeks. We've seen some decisions now this week, obviously, with Collingwood and West Coast. So we're just waiting on Hawthorne and Geelong now. Obviously, a couple of other ones up in the air with with Essendon and Brisbane and Adelaide. So looking forward to seeing where that sits heading into these games. But I tell you what, we're only three weeks away now from some practice matches, so it's not too far away.
1: No, it's not. Any chance that Andrew Westacott, the Formula One CEO, could replace Gil McLaughlin?
0: So this floated a little bit this week, Dwayne. I mean, I'm not sure. I know I do work in the building, but I really go upstairs, I probably need to go upstairs a little bit more because this is starting to drag out a little bit. We're still waiting to see. I, I still think that Andrew Dillon is the one. He's, he's, he's done such a great job internally at AFL HQ, but the longer this drags on, we just don't know. Hopefully we get a resolution sooner rather than later. It's a little bit like the 19th licence, just taking a little bit longer to get a, an answer.
1: Well, Westy's got
0: a Formula One
1: Grand Prix to get through uh, at the end of March, April, so maybe the timing because we did hear from Gure that maybe the footy festival weekend in Adelaide might be the time for the handover announcement. Maybe the timing, or is it a coincidence, maybe?
0: I like it, Dwayne. I like reading into these sort of things. So I think you might be onto something here. Keep pushing it.
1: Uh, Well, I had Westy on the program earlier this week, and uh, he didn't really want to go. Well, I I didn't take him down that track, but... He said that he's kind of available and looking at some stuff, and he's a Bulldog fan. He loves his footy. So uh, given that he's been running a major international event for 16 years, he would knows some stuff. Uh, any change? What's going to happen with Stephen Silvani? Will he take up the, the extra job at St. Jeff Walsh's departure
0: has been sudden. I don't think he will, Dwayne. I think list management is exactly what he will take over. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if Dave Misson, is obviously the interim head of football now, takes that role on, on a permanent basis. I mean, they've got a number of people in that building that have had really significant football roles in terms of Simon Lethlen just left that and moved to the other end of the building. They've obviously got David Raff in there. He's a really experienced operator. And, and Gubby Allen as well. So I don't know if they need to add another one in. I, I think they were pretty stacked in that football department since what's happened in the past six months. So Dave Misson might be one that just takes that on a more permanent basis. But I'd imagine that Steve Silvani just focuses on this management. It's obviously a really important part of the business and a really big focus area for the Saints.
1: Great to have you, Josh. I really appreciate your time and uh, enjoy the rest of your time with Hawthorne.
0: Always good to chat, Dwayne. No worries.
1: Josh Gabalich. You can read his stuff at au. Reporter at the Hawthorne camp in Morwell after spending the first couple of days this week with the Dogs. So your call's off the back of that. one three hundred seven.